What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we are currently discussing Season 2, Episode 2 of Book 2. That's a whole lot of twos. Ghost. And we're we're, we're coming down to the wire, folks. We're talking about Episode 9, the penultimate of the season, A Fair Fight. Of course, as always, I am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me, of course, as always, is... Carlos D. Welcome. How you doing, sir? All right, man. Hanging in there. Another episode in the books. One more to go before we can put a pin into the second season of Ghost. I don't really uh, call it power. It's called Ghost, right? Yeah. You might At this point, you might as well just kind of distinguish it by uh, just referring to it as Ghost. So, yeah, man. I'm, I mean, uh, you know, a different kind of episode than the ones we had been seeing Um the last couple of weeks, they, I feel like they had been on a roll since at least the mid-season um, episodes, since episode five. Right. Uh, this one was not as good as all the previous one, but it's hard to stay at that high level. Yeah. At some point, you got to have a filler episode, or, or not a filler episode, but an episode that's building to something else. And I think this episode, a lot of stuff that was kind of setting up the finale, um, but as an episode, like a standalone episode, it wasn't as impactful as we had been coming to expect over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I, I have to agree. Um, they definitely let up off the gas. A lot of stuff happened, and there were a lot of big moments, but I think it was such a change, a dramatic change in pace compared to what we saw in uh, the past couple weeks that, yeah, it definitely felt slower. Um, still impactful, but definitely felt slower. Uh, but with that being said, uh, we ready to go ahead and dive into this one? Yeah, man, let's get it. So, off break, hands down, perfect opening scene. Um, I To the point where I can't even really think of any other opening scenes from this show that remotely come close to this. Um, this is, this is that, that scene where Ghost is in bed and he's imagining that he's talking to Angie. Um... And that's like our first introduction to Ghost Angie. This is that on all kinds of steroids, illegal drugs, a gas station sex pill. This was nuts. And it was perfectly executed. Um, We get Tariq seemingly going to class. Uh, This is, of course, after the on the heels of the previous episode where um, uh, Professor Milgram at the end of the episode has hung herself, uh, seemingly allegedly committed suicide. And we, he, we, we find out that this is another one of his kind of his conscious, his conscience dreams, like kind of getting the best of him, his, his guilty conscience coming back. And this was, we've been seeing ghost Canaan here and there, man. When I tell you, they called in all the favors on this one, everyone, with the exception of one final person, which unfortunately that was the nail in the coffin of Omari Hardwick is done. Um, if ever there was going to be that pop-up, unless they're, they're going Marvel levels of misdirection. Um, if ever there was going to be a pop-up, it would have been that we get, we get uh professor Reynolds, excuse me, Jabari who congrats to that brother for coming back for a quick check. Uh, we get Ray Ray, we get we get Keisha, we get Proctor, and so many like man, 
What did you think of that opening scene? Uh, this was a good scene. It was uh, very well done, uh, and it really showcased how much, um, I guess, harm Tariq has done. Uh, we forget how much he, you know, because he's supposed to be the good, you know, I'm not a good guy, but the star of the show, so we're supposed to root for him. But we forgot how many lives he's impacted through his decisions, through his actions, and how many people he is either the direct cause of their death or by his action led to their death. Um, so we, you know, we, and then we even saw a sister. Yeah, oh, yep. Did uh, I say Raina? Yeah, we didn't say Raina, but you know, that was one of the most impactful part of it that we saw her. Uh, and she told him flat out, don't try to blame me for this. I mean, I don't know if she said don't try to blame me, but she said, don't put none of this stuff on me. Act like you were doing something to help me. You really, you're the cause of her death. Um, he made it seem like killing Ray Ray was some type of uh, vengeance for his sister, but his sister wouldn't have been dead to begin with if he would just choose to act right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's a big thing that, that kind of comes back um, throughout th- in this episode, not just with Tariq, but also with Brayden. Um, and we see that nobody forced them into the life that they chose. They actively pursued a life that is dangerous or was in direct conflict with their parents for either attention or the thrill of it or whatever it may be. Um, and this episode just kind of summed it up. And it was good to see a lot of these people, even though they're dead, a lot of them come back and kind of just kind of weigh on his conscience. Um, and I think in twofold, it also shows that Tariq isn't a demon. You right. know, he, he still feels bad about the things that he's done and the people he's hurt. Uh, even though he continues to still do things that hurt more people, um, it shows that he still has at least some type of humanity to him. He isn't just a full-on psychopath. So what do you think of it? I cannot agree more. Uh, we find out later, and it's in my notes, that this, you know, this this rings true, that he's not a complete psycho. Um, you know, the, it, he wouldn't be having these thoughts and these dreams if he if he was. Um, but yeah, just brilliantly executed. Um, I, I, and I like the fact that, you know, they, they utilized, uh, Omari Hardwick's, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's absence or just, you know, unwillingness to participate by, um, putting them on the phone, which I thought that was, I thought that was a nice touch. Um, because obviously he's the last person he wants to pop up in his head, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's because, actually better without the. Uh, I mean, to cut you off, but I think it's no, actually you better without seeing ghosts, without ghosts actually being one of the ghosts. You know, uh, I think it's better for him, for his dad, to be kind of reaching him or trying to touch him, um, and Tariq kind of blocking him out because I think he does feel horrible about what he was meant to do to his father, uh, even though I guess he didn't have to do it, he chose to do it. You know, and he worked up in his mind some justification for it, but I think he really knows that he was wrong, and, and what he did to his dad, and and that's why. It's, Hurts him so much um, to not want to have his dad a part of that dream, and also how he was hurt, so hurt by that letter. Um, and then also, just a real quick to, to, to finish the scene out, the foreshadowing of when Lauren pops up and yeah. he's begging her not to come into the room or, or stay away, um, but you know she can't help herself. She's trying to push her her, her way into it, and we don't know what her ultimate outcome is. But we'll talk about that when we get to those later scenes. Indeed, indeed. Uh, so from there, we get a quick scene between the brothers Tate. Um, talking, talking work, talking life, catching up. And unfortunately, and you know, it's unfortunate in hindsight. Uh, but we learn later on that, yeah, uh, you have to be extremely careful what you say around Rashad Tate, even if you family. And we'll get a little further into that as we come up. But actually what leads to this is, uh, McLean, 
contacting Tariq and telling him that Tate is next up and should we be worried about him? Um, any anything on that before we uh before we move on? No, that was a quick little scene, just kind of setting up what comes later down the line. Um, which you know, what what we learn even more about how conniving Tate is and how you know he'll he'll do anything in the pursuit of his own self interest, and it's crazy. Uh, illustrated in him putting pretty much continuing to put the squeeze on Tariq for the picture. Um, class was canceled. Which I appreciate them being a bit realistic with Shit, that. There's say, no I don't way. Know how the whole semester not canceled to lose Man. two teachers in one, in the, in one class. Yeah, right. that that should be an automatic A. Exactly. Um, but on top of that, uh, this kind of set up something that was a little strange to me. That, but it also kind of reflects the uh, a bit of the careless nature that they had with the character of Professor Milgram. They glossed right over her hanging herself there was no big outrage zeke's shock in the previous episode was probably the biggest emotional re response that we got to it we didn't get any of the other classmates um we didn't even we barely got uh zeke's reaction response in this episode for real for real it was just like oh yeah and she's dead um oh and also she was sleeping with the student it, it was so matter of fact yeah, it's uh, like what everybody just think? moved on it's, yeah it's, it's very bizarre they didn't the, especially somebody died from suicide and I understand it she just was in a scandal but I feel like it would be some type of mourning some type of memorial some type of uh, uh, what's the thing where they put all the candles around because they did it yeah, for Jabari a what vigil, did a vigil. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry I couldn't think of the word but none of that it was like okay a professor here killed herself and we we mentioned briefly about it oh I'm sorry I think and it was Tariq basically saying to uh, Tate I'm sorry to hear about her and then Tate just kind of admonished him for it, and then they never really referred to her again. So it's yeah. very bizarre for somebody who yeah. has been such a main character uh, and a part of the school life to, okay, she did, and moving on. Right, right, which, uh, like I said, it it was really, it really kind of touched on, like, just how, I was like, all right, well, this character's dead, and they just kind of tossed her aside harder than Jabari, who to a degree was almost a worse character, but got a little bit of emotional payoff in his demise. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she was, she's borderline the one that was Tariq's champion in the very beginning uh, up to a certain point. So for them to just be like, oh yeah, she hung herself. Here's a little news article uh, where we say that she hung herself. And also uh, it's also about Zeke and her having a, an affair with him. But even Monet barely touches on it. You know what I mean? Um, obviously she can't because she was there. Yeah, um, and maybe the cause of it. We, you know, right? We we didn't really get an answer to that either. Yeah, as to you know, maybe they'll revisit it in the final episode. But they didn't really say Monet killed her, or she killed herself. And from from you know, Monet has killed so many people. Killing ain't no thing to her, so she's not gonna be traumatized by it. Um, so it's gonna take Zeke prompting or something to kind of ever force her hand to tell anybody. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. So speaking of forcing people's hands, uh, we get Kane. <laughs> Uh, cleaning up chef's old knives or his butcher knives or whatever. And uh, he gets a promotion. He's trying to slide out to go be with the fam. Um, he he gets a promotion. And uh, it, this promotion is a trap. Mecca wants to keep him under watchful eye because as we find out later, and we kind of suspected the episode before, um, we he's on he's on to it. And he's like, you know what? You're going to stay right where I see you. And um, yeah, you're not going anywhere. 
Mm. Um, so he pretty much bumps him up to his number two, which grand scheme that was always, you know, aside from being number one, you could tell that Kane, before he realized just how crazy Mecca was, would have been fine with being his number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, this this is pretty much a trap. Um, this and we I'm going to go ahead and tie the two together. Uh, this goes into him getting a call from his dad, who is completely gone off the deep end, trash in the bedroom and telling him to come home. Um, well, actually, before he could do that, he was actually informed that. Ain't no, ain't gonna be no re-up because we got robbed. Um, which <laughs> props to Kane for keeping a stone face because he knows what happened. Um, but yeah, Lorenzo's off the deep end, tossing stuff, and Drew completely folds and tells everything. There was no, I, I mean, I guess it's one of those things where he loved his dad so much he didn't want to see him going through this um, because although. The game is the game. Everything that kind of happened with Monet and Zeke, I could I could kind of see them having a little bit of sympathy for their pops because he clearly had no idea, just like them. Um, but yeah, Drew folds, spills everything, um, to which Lorenzo's like, "Yeah, uh, you you took part in it. Go get my drugs back." What did you think about those two connected scenes? I mean, yeah. I mean, the first one. What are they there for? Motion to get choked out? <laughs> Why you having your hand ready? threatened to be cut off? Right. Um, so I mean, like, but well, we've seen this from Mecca before. He, he can be a nice guy one second, and then is not as quick to go to violence to kind of keep his his people in line. Uh, we saw that when they were in the middle of a party and he choked out his his old right hand man. Right. And I don't even know if he was number his number two, but like Chef was definitely his number two, and he cut Chef's throat like it was nothing. Um, so, you know, being a number two in that organization may not be the best bet for Kane. Um, but you know, as far as Lorenzo, we saw this downward spiral coming. Um, he was so heated when the secret was revealed, uh, you knew he couldn't keep that rage contained. Um, and then as far as Drew, I I think both Drew and Diana, well, all three of the kids, they live for their parents' approval, um, their father more than anything. Um, so I'm not shocked that Drew folded in, in less than you know, with very little prompting because all he said was about to go ride on him. He's like, well, and he gave him literally all the details of the story. Uh, what, you know, his father didn't even have to beg or ask or threaten anything. He just gave it all up. Um, so I'm not shocked. Um, and I'm also not shocked by his response. You made this mess, go clean it up. But I know one thing, you better come back with my drugs. Um, because so much of Lorenzo's personality is tied to say ego, uh, providing for his family, uh, you know, and this is the only way he knows how to do it. And after just losing his wife, you know, the love of his life, and over a big secret, I, I'm not, I'm not shocked that he has so much rage, even towards his own kids. So Drew and Diana better go out there and, make, and do what they got to do, because their father wasn't playing around. All right, so that gives way to the trial, at least part one of the trial. And uh, Tate wants what he wants. He wants what he's been promised. And he's finally gotten delivered. And then Tate goes, <laughs> I, I never would have, I mean, if we're being honest, Tate's level of griminess never shocked me until this episode. It's like, okay, clearly, you know, we know this dude's going to do whatever he can um, to get what he wants. You know, he shot the dude 
uh, at his like near his brother's house or something like that. And he managed to get away with that. Um, but I never, even for Tate, it was low for him to burn his own brother. Um, I didn't see that coming. I didn't think he would actually go that far, uh, which lets me know that this show influence is going to be wild because now we know that there's no limit with him. There's no limit with soon to be, uh, what is it? Uh, Congressman Tate. There, there are no levels with him. There are no, there's no lines. There's no boundaries. Um, what did you think of this where he pretty much goes in and blows up, uh, the, the prosecution's one of their angles of uh, there possibly being another witness, like to to the to the um, to the Ramirez murder. What did or wait, was it Ramirez? No, no, no. To yeah. to the, the Reynolds murder. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? I mean, like I said, this, this just show how slimy this dude is. I mean, it's one thing to double cross a college student or mess over people as far as your political life, but your own brother, the one who took you in when you was. Uh, after you had got lost your city council seat after you couldn't get to the governor's mansion you were sleeping on this man's couch and he finally worked his butt off even though he did remind him that the reason why you got this inspector's job is I pulled some strings but he did all this to, to kind of make a, a way for himself build himself up work through the police force he finally get a dream job and then you basically undercut this man for your own personal gain and it's just crazy, man. He didn't have to include his his brother in that situation, and he did. Um, so it just shows the dude is is a slime ball. Um, there's really very little redeeming qualities about him. And um, I mean, I don't know what else you could really say. It, it, just a piece of trash, man. That only cares about itself. I think one of the things that made it even more worse was like they said no further questions and he still came back and was like, Oh no, actually. I'm like, nigga, like unnecessary, unnecessary, but like just that level of, of grimy. And I mean, I'm pretty sure, I don't know with, with influence being what it's supposed to be. It probably, this will probably be like the least gun toting of the, of the, of the universe. This will probably be more of like a grimy ass West Wing or something like that. Um, I'm, I think I'm still going to give it a shot. Uh, whether or not we record on it, um, we'll we'll find time will tell. But I, I definitely, I definitely kind of want to see his grimy political uh, shenanigans. Um, so we get a real quick scene after that from the aftermath of that of uh the the <laughs> the the lawyers and the judges chambers and we get a we get a goddamn right respectfully um like how every now and then they'll 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 throw in something current for the pop culture uh viewers out there um uh, so we get a quick little father son between um between me- excuse me Dante and Zeke um and this this was one of the first things that I kind of picked up on that like they really did a bad job of processing Professor Milgram's demise. Like he barely, he barely even mentioned it. He, like they, we don't even know how he processed it. Um, we really get that big leap. We get that big like cliffhanger at the last episode, and it's barely even a plot hole for for this upcoming for this episode. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, she hung herself last week. Mm-hmm. Like, not that y'all cared. But it's just like it just seemed a little reckless. Like 
it's bad enough you you put this flawed character out there and continue to to make her look bad but like at least you know give you know the actress some credit like you know play up the the her death a little bit a little bit more but we also find but we find that mecca dante excuse me really genuinely does care about zeke and genuinely wants to be his father and, and a father figure to him what did you think about that uh yeah i mean real quick on the curry thing i thought we were going to end start this episode the first time we will see zeke is like him finding the body exactly have a reaction to the body and the fact that they just blew over that kind of what he does leave a poor taste in my mouth as far as this whole episode in general um and then i'm still trying to figure out mecca's motives or, or dante's motives uh, because I, you know, I, I think he does care about Zeke, but I feel like he's still always got some type of alternative motive whenever he's interacting with anybody. Because um, this whole thing was like, okay, I, I'm happy to meet you, uh, but you need to. But he quickly tried to transition to this man, giving him some type of thing so he'll talk to Monet again. I'll give you these coaches, but only if you talk to your mom. Uh, so I, I, I mean, hopefully they'll they'll give us some type of resolution in, in the next episode. Because I don't I don't see Mecca making it into season three. You know, but um, I feel like he 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 loves his son. He loves Monet, but only to the point that a person like that can love anybody. Uh, I feel like it's always some type of strange attachment when you're dealing with somebody who is basically a sociopath. So I'm I'm interested to see how they continue this relationship into the the final episode. Mm -hmm. All right, so we get a real quick scene between Drew and Diana uh, coming up with a plan. To, to get into Stansfield and what needs to be done to get the drugs. And um, it was really quick, but I'm glad that Drew addressed the table blow up. Mm -hmm. um, because this, I, like, you know, she's been definitely treated as like the, you know, the baby of the series, which to a degree I get. But I think her going nuclear probably could have been avoided. Obviously we needed it to push the story along and push the drama along. But like, realistically, I'm glad that Drew was like, yeah, you, you doing too much. Cause you, you're in everybody's business and you literally burned everyone yeah. just cause you felt some kind of way. She blew up the um, whole family over some petty yeah. comments they were making about her. Literally some, some light teasing. That was literally it. Like I could see if these were some cats you went to school with, you know, some some old high school friends or something like that but like this is your family your blood and you flip the table on some bullshit um so i'm glad that they addressed that um so any any thoughts on that no no i think you got okay. it all right way. so we get the the parents talking to their child moment and this was really kind of well done um I, I, I really liked how that was done. Like she was she was honest and open about what happened. And when you when you hear her kind of say it out loud, it all made sense mm -hmm. of why she, you know, she was 16. Um, but and she also was gonna be. Yeah. Didn't know what the status of the father. Exactly. Um, he and he was over 16 or 17, too. So it wasn't like he was an established person. Um, right. And clearly in getting this in trouble, the fact that he got arrested. Um, so yeah, the scene the scene was well played out, and I think the acting, uh, for the most part, was really good in this particular scene yeah. too. And the only thing that bothered me is that they didn't do anything to explain the four years, because all that all that stuff could have been true across the board, but there doesn't seem to be any reason why they would 
eight, you know, decrease Zeke's age by four years. So even if she did was a 16 year old mom and she did give the baby away and she couldn't be a part of his life, they didn't explain the four year thing. And that's it, it kind of made the scene less impactful to me because at some point I need somebody to explain why they felt the need to take four years off the boy's life. Yeah, that is. A... You know, I understand the rest. I understand why a, a young mom who doesn't have the support of her own mother would give a baby away. I understand why the fact that she gave it to a, a relative because that relative couldn't have kids. Um, you know, we don't see it as much as all the time, but it used to be a time back in the day if a young girl got pregnant, she go away, and then all of a sudden they got a new family, a baby in the family, but it's the mama's baby, and it's you know we've seen that in TV shows and it happened in real life where grandma is really, well, mama is really grandma, and the sister, the older sister, is really mama. So the only part I didn't understand was the, why they don't explain this four years. So I hope I'm praying at some point they explain this four years so we can put it all behind us and we don't have to talk about it no more. <laughs> yeah, but with the history of the show, there's a very good chance that you just sweep that part under the rug. Um, but in that scene, we get a real quick um, thing where Monet lies about being around Carrie when she when she committed suicide, mm-hmm. and Mecca covers for, um, which I thought was an interesting thing, especially like him realizing that like no, you were not actually here, um. So in his eyes, like he's already lying to his son. Um, although to a degree he's lying about what he does and who he is. Um, he's pretty much doing to Zeke what Ghost and Tasha did to Tariq the first 16 years of his life. Um, but yeah, interesting scene. And like I said, I feel like it was really well done. Um, you know, we're, we're not, we're not members of the actors guild, but you know, we we have our opinions on acting. I I just I feel like I needed a little bit more emotion from Mary. Um, I think that's the only thing she's lacking every now and then. And I think this would have been the scene to kind of soften up just a little bit. You ain't got to go full mush, but like just soften up just a little bit. She was almost talking to him like she got caught cheating, and mm-hmm. <laughs> like she had explained to him that he was the side piece, although he was the side kid all these years. Um. But yeah, just, you know, what, you know, what are you going to do? From there, we get a quick scene between Drew and Everett, which I thought wasn't, I mean, it was, it was to set up how he gets the card, but there was a little thing in there that I I picked up on. I don't know if you picked up on it, but um, Everett mentions that his hand is, uh, seems to be better. And he mentions the tattoo that he requested, kind of like when they first started talking and we get an interesting line to Drew where he says, I don't do that anymore. Like, he doesn't draw anymore, Mm -hmm. which kind of sets up to me that, like, he's starting to lose himself a bit in the the life. Yeah. Um, Which, sad, sad state of affairs. Did you think anything on that scene? Uh, I mean, same thing. I think, um, because drawing was so important to him, and I know we saw the scene where he was struggling with his hand, um, but now it seems like he is fully healed, doesn't have any issues with it anymore, but he's lost a passion for something that he really cared about. Um, so is that his uh, deeper slope, deeper falling into the cliff of the life? Um, is that why that passion is gone from him? So it was interesting. Um, Drew has been more ruthless the last couple of weeks. Uh, he has been kind of fully committed to his dad and all the things uh, that his dad instructs him to do. So the drone might just be a, a, a casualty of that. And it's sad um, because when we first started the show, yeah, they always involved in criminal activity. Uh, but the only one that was fully like into that was Kane. 
Diana never wanted to be a part of it. She wanted to go to school. Drew just wanted to do his art thing and have his boyfriends. Uh, but now it seems like we may get to a point where there's no turning back for these Tahada kids. Speaking of no turning back and family. Meanwhile, at the Brothers Westons, this nigga Trace full on snitches. I don't even know why he was there. That was the most confusing part about the scene was like, okay, I get it. The lawyer's there. I get it why his dad is there because he, you know, we forget Brayden is still only 18, but why is his older brother there when the DA is coming to talk to him about a situation? Um, well, but yeah. You got to remember that they pull out the picture from Ramirez's dash cam and they're both in it. Okay, yeah, maybe Because he good. was the one that got them, like that picked them up when Kane had kidnapped them. Uh, but yeah, Trace just full on full on no fear of the streets retaliating mm-hmm. just I'm white my parents are rich I've seen this play out a billion times I know the drill like I'm gonna tell them everything I know they're gonna get these black guys out of my life and everything's gonna be okay like no 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 regard no remorse no no sense of repercussion just like nah he's lying he he knows everything this dude kidnapped us, mm-hmm. made us sell drugs on the corner. I was like, it, it's on brand. It's definitely on brand for him. But yeah. holy shit. He, he was ready to, he was like getting glee out of the fact that he wanted to take the stand. Um, so it was crazy. And then Braden was trying, I'll give Braden his credit. He tried to do everything he could yeah. not to kind of give his information away. But his brother was like, fuck that, fuck that. I was there. I know what happened. And them niggas did it. Yeah, basically he didn't say that. But that's he, 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 say. he would. He wanted to. He <laughs> wanted to. Oh man. Um, and we we find out that the deal is if Trace testifies, they both get full immunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we then this is then followed by the scene where I th- it, well I'll talk about the scene, and um, then I'll give my 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 theory on this mm-hmm. um so he goes back to the dorm room and you i'm you're expecting him to tell Tariq what just happened um but you know he's making small talk and i think he was going to mm-hmm. uh but we find out that Tariq has gone back on his word um and given the given the picture to to tate and they have a very good exchange where it's like neither you know like we both picked this and Tariq is on this thing of my family. It's it's a bit ghostish. Like my family, my problems, your your family will be fine. And in the grand scheme of things, us on the outside looking in, Trace, Trace's family is wealthy and white. But it's still his family. You know what I mean? You only get mm-hmm. one family. Um, so it's like, yes, he knows they're terrible. But at the end of the day, that's still his blood. Um, and I think that's what kind of pushed them away from telling. Cause my first thought was like, this, this completely nullifies the man to man that they had a couple episodes back that I thought was great, uh, because they're now, they, they both literally went right back to keeping things from each other and making moves that benefited them without thinking of the consequences or the outcomes that would infect other people. Um, and so I say all that to say, I think because of that, because like, this was probably like the nail in the coffin one way or another, Braden dies. Hmm. Um, just because like they're, they, they, 
they kind of I feel like they've kind of set it up towards just like they keep having these moments where they they kind of stab each other in the back a little bit. I mean, obviously not on the level of Tommy and Ghost, but they keep having these falling outs and you can't keep having a falling out and then getting right back together. And, you know, this is this is the the opposite of Tommy and Ghost, where they were trying to kill each other. And then mostly Tommy was trying to kill Ghost for a season and a half. Um, it's just something about the way this is happening and the time frame, the timing of it. I think I think this is what's going to get Braden killed, um, possibly by Tariq. Um, or just in general, like I think they're finding a way to get him out of there um, or Braden sacrifices himself. Uh, but we'll see. What did you think about that scene? Yeah, I think initially I think Braden was there to kind of tell what happened. Um, but as soon as he found out Tariq had did his family dirty again and basically double crossed them and backstabbed them for at this point about the fifth, sixth time. Um, I think that, that kind of all just went out the window. Um, and, and you can see both sides. And, you know, Tariq is, is fighting for his life and also fighting for his sister who doesn't really have anybody else to, to rely on. And like you said, the Westons are rich. They're white. Uh, it, it, the worst of it all is even though his father's in the picture, his father not even the one that's in blackface. All he is is at a party with somebody else that's in blackface. Uh, so the blow black on him will probably would not be that severe. Um, but you're right. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want his family to be protected or he wants his family to be embarrassed. And he's justified in his right to try to protect his family. And Tariq basically took that option away from him um, by taking something that he provided that could bring down his family. So um, I understand his frustration. Um, do I think that's going to lead to him getting killed? I'm not sure. Uh, I didn't really think about that at the time. But Braden, as we go through the rest of this episode, did some things or made some choices that I think don't don't sit well with him. And it may lead to the breaking point where he does something that is so full of betrayal that it might lead to the death, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. Now, you know, we see in the preview that he shows up in court. Uh, yeah. What he says in court, we'll have to wait to season 10, uh, because depending on what he said, a lot of people may be gunning for him. Tariq may have a reason to get him. Kane already put the threat in uh, that if he didn't do what he wanted to do, that he might be the one that has to do do it, do him in, do him in. So, um, yeah, that, that that's, that's definitely a, a big possible answer. We do normally get a shocking death in the season finale, and it may be Brady. We'll see. Yep. So we go from last week's robbery to this week's robbery, uh, which begins with, just like last week, some misdirection. Diana walks in on Tariq and plays that man like a fiddle, uh, just solidifying her status as um, close to, if not master manipulator, turned on them waterworks, had me believing it. Like I, I'm pre- and I'm pretty sure there was some truth in what she was, uh, you know, feeling to, to to drum up that emotion. But yeah, like really played on the truth, but like played my man. Uh, that that whole <laughs> the way she got past his face lock, that's gonna have a lot of people paranoid yeah, <laughs> if you have really a works. face lock. I, right, I I doubt it, but. Someone's going to try it. And all it takes is enough people to for it to work for that word to get out. Like, try it, try it. But, yeah, like, got into my man's phone, got everything she needed, and then they ran up, took everything. Rest- Lorenzo is restocked, and he is pleased. Um, any thoughts on that? No, I mean, like I said, I think you, you hit it on nails. Uh, the, the biggest thing I noticed from the scene was they used the same 
laundry detergent that I use. In the background, <laughs> he has the same gain that I use in my personal life. Um, but the hey. rest, you, you summed it up pretty good. She did a great job of, because uh, Tariq is normally the smartest person in the room, and she played his ass like a fool. Um, and and uh, and you know, when you when you're a fool, you know, bad things happen to you. They end up getting away with all the product. Uh, so the Sahara kids, back to back weeks, uh, part of successful heist, and they made their daddy proud. Yep. Um, I feel like there was. Oh, I think the fact that they used Everett's card is going to come back to bite Everett. I think he might have unknowingly burned Everett um, by doing that because mm -hmm. if something really does go down and they start checking the logs, they're going to see that Everett scanned in over there. Um, but, you know, it, it could be nothing. Uh, so from there, we go to Zeke announcing that he is leaving New York. Um, and this was actually mentioned earlier in the parent talk that... Um, his plan was to leave uh, leave Stansfield, focus on basketball, and then he, to his to how he felt, was done with them. Um, so he goes, and we get the, the return of uh, textbook agent guy uh, mm -hmm. that dropped off his, uh, his, his business card a few weeks back, which, you know, you knew at some point was going to come back into play. Um, and he announces that he's going to be leaving New York to focus on getting ready for the draft and is immediately burned, which I thought was just like, come I on, writers. They said that timing up perfectly. Like, as soon as he said it, everybody's phone just stopped buzzing. And everybody right. was like, look, Tariq, hey, hey. I'm not Tariq, uh, Zeke, are you really 19 or 23? So, yeah, I mean, um, the biggest question I got out of this scene is, like, who did it? Mm -hmm. um, you know, because... You, Monet's theory is that Lorenzo did it, but I don't. I don't think Lorenzo cares enough about Zeke to do it. Um, and I know he has no connections to anybody in media. I'm thinking the father did it. I think yeah. he burned his I own feel like son. They, I feel like they talked about it a little bit towards the end. Um, and yeah, I think, I think he, I think he was the one that that burned him because his goal is like he just wants him and Monet, um, to, to run off and mm -hmm. be a family. And Zeke, you know, he accepted their apology to a degree. He accepted their um, their their explanation. He was like, all right, well, y'all both bailed on me and didn't look back. Uh, Mecca had a little bit more of an excuse, but uh, he was like, now it's my turn. So I'm I'm done with y'all. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm going to go ahead and uh, get myself together and uh, be up out of here. Um. But yeah, we we anything else on that before we cut? We're gonna bounce back to it on the basketball court. No, no pun intended. Mm -hmm. um, but anything on that because there was a little scene in between the basketball no, court no, that we got talking about. In the middle. Okay, uh, we got Lauren confessing to Tariq about everything, and I think one of the best parts about this because I told I'd almost forgot that initially they got her cooperation because they convinced her that it was about Braden and not about Tariq. So in her mind, she was protecting Tariq, which grand scheme was the right thing to do. That is kind of riding for her. She had no idea that they were going to use that info to burn Tariq. Um, so it's like, again, you know, you talked about this, try not to talk to the police if, unless you absolutely have to. But in her mind, she was burning the, the privileged white boy to which I can't really fault her for that. 
But yeah, I mean, I feel it. But she still should have been honest and, if, and said, "Oh hey, yeah, Tariq, they approached me, yada yada yada." Uh, but secretly filming anybody is it, too risky because you never know what somebody's gonna say. Yeah, Even though she exactly. Was, she did think she was protecting him. He could say anything on that damn thing that could that a jam up, and it did. Uh, even though what he said was pretty vanilla, um, it still got him in a lot of trouble enough to get him indicted. So, you know, I feel bad for her, but um, I think the the biggest twist in this is that it still showed Tariq cared about her. Yeah. Um, because he was like, "Damn, this woman really is in danger." Even though he already knew she was on the tape, um, but you know, and he and he told her, "Look, you got to run." Yeah. Uh, and, and her quick her immediate response was, "Well, they they said they they will protect me." And she was like, you know, somebody who's a little bit more street knowledge knows that, man, the, the lower office can't protect you, man. The DA office ain't gonna protect you. Um, and you're too easy to get touched. So um, he, he advised her to get out of there. And, and I'm happy that she took his word. Yeah. Uh, most people would have been like, man, forget that. Or they would have ran into their parents or ran to somebody else. Um, was it smart in the long run not to go to somebody else to tell them about the threat against her? We'll, we'll, we'll find out as the episode progresses, but in the, in the immediate moment, I'm glad she kind of took his advice and got out of there. Yeah. And we, we have to, we have to make mention that this is in part to uh, Tariq learning that not only was she trying to like, kind of get Braden, but Kane's name came up, mm. um, which I think that was like the, the light bulb, not necessarily, not just a light bulb, but the lightning strike that it was like, Oh yeah, you're in, tr- you're in danger, danger. That nigga's crazy. His mom's crazy. I ain't met her, the father yet, but I'm pretty sure that nigga's crazy too. Yeah. So yeah, because at first he only thought she had him on tape talking about the book. She he didn't know right. about the fact that he had Kane actually on the on the thing too. So yeah, that that's that yeah that's crazy. Yep. So think speaking of crazy. Meanwhile, at that that basketball court, they stay that, on that court. That's that like no one can play. Yeah, that no one seems to frequent. Um, we get them pretty much apologizing. Like, I'm sorry things happen like this. And it, like this is the point, like you said, um, she felt like this was Lorenzo um, trying to get back at them. Um, and but and this is also where we get Mecca's proposal. Like, let's just hop on a plane and get up out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I'm ne- and I'm not trying to downplay how tough and rough New York is and dangerous. But um, I need someone in the comments to tell us, like, how how common are middle of the day drive-by shootings. I don't want you guys going out there and proving it, but like just, you know, from your your experience, listeners, as, you know, New Yorkers, um, is that common? Cats just, you know, do drive-bys in, in the middle of the afternoon, sunny days? Mm-hmm. Um, because we get the we get the basketball court getting shot up. Uh, what did you think about that scene? Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird because it was like in broad daylight. Um I think this is another kind of misdirection where they want you to think Lorenzo sent these people after them. But uh-huh. I think this was Mecca again. I think Mecca set up a fake assassination on his own family to kind of push them to leave with him. Um, you know, and I could be wrong, but I, I don't think this was a, a Lorenzo thing. I think this was a Mecca setting up his own people. What'd you think of it? That's not a bad move. This this could be uh, kind of like what um, <laughs> what Kane told them dudes to do to the... Uh, to the Irish, the Irish uh, mobsters or whatever, where he told them to shoot blanks, and it, but they actually did what they were supposed to this time. But it, they actually landed some shots on on trash cans. So mm-hmm. maybe he told these dudes to not actually, you know, hit, but just like, kind of you know, right. stir yeah, the pot a little bit, return, shake he didn't the tree. Hit them either. Yeah, like, he hit the truck, but I think he he 
you know, and we learn he's a trained soldier. So I think he could have easily shot back at them to make it seem realistic. Um, but him had been the the cause of the whole thing. But um, we don't know. We don't because yeah. they don't really confirm one way or another. This is kind of my theory. Yep. So um, from there we go back to couples night, and uh, Effie is over it. She's ready to stake her claim as Tariq's main squeeze. Had to dust that one off. When was the last time you heard that? Mm-hmm. Um, but also just kind of one reminding him that the game is the game. You know what happens to people when they do this sort of thing. Um, but like you, you know, you need to take care of this. But Tariq, and this is this was Tariq again, kind of showing like, you know, I'm not a full monster. I'm not a full on monster. Like I get it. But she had nothing to do with this, and she was actually trying to do, do some good. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not a completely cold-hearted villain. Um, so Effie, not really with it, right? Goes to the goes to the pit bull, and six Kane on Lauren, who then Kane, being the pit bull, but a bit smarter of a pit bull as he's been since the first season, puts it on Brayden. Yep. Um, it, I think, wow, go I ahead. think this is kind of like the 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 beginning of the unraveling of Braden, uh, because he even said it like this is something you know as, as much fun he's had and all the things he's been down to do to selling the drugs and run up in the drug spot and robbing the store, he's never gotten close to murdering somebody, um, and the fact that they're asking him to be the one to do it, I think it's really shook him. I think he he's cool. I, I don't think he has a problem with people dying. He understands it's a part of it as long as he's not the one that actually has to do it. But now he's faced with the fact that either he takes out Lauren or can't like Kane told him, I'm going to have to take you out because we can't risk this. Um, so I, I think this is setting up a big character arc for um, Brayden, similar to the one that, uh, what's his, uh, the other white boy is going through? Uh, whether, you know, whether, to, uh, what's the white boy name? The lawyer white boy. Uh, Sacks. wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at this point, he he kind of make he got to make a real decision, and we see it in a later scene when he's talking to Effie. It's like if you're in this, you got to be fully in this, and being fully in this can mean you have to do things that make you a lot different than the person you want to be. Right. Um, and I and I think you know Brady's gonna really struggle with that if as long as he stays on the show, <laughs> however long that stay may be. Mm-hmm. So Kane is pretty much giving them the ultimatum. Either you do her or I do you. Uh, so this gives way to the return of Mr. Ott and Tate having a nice, exquisite dinner. One of the things I love about this show is when Tate be pleased, his face and mannerisms be hilarious. Like the man be like a notch underneath giddy. Like he's bubbly. He's poppies dancing in his seat because, you know, not only is the food good, but so is the info he's got. Um, but I also love how Ott plays this. It's just like, dude, you wasting my time. Like, I mean, I'm gonna let you pay for this dinner, mm-hmm. but um, you you mean you still on that? You know, you, whatever. I'll take a look at it. And great acting on his part, because everyone who has seen this photo, their face disintegrates. Um, and <laughs> we get the the glass raised from Tate again. So pleased. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I mean, I think this is just kind of really setting up his his future spinoff. Because um, uh, this is another thing where it kind of feels like it's not a part of the same show. 
like you had been saying, uh, like some other things. This scene would be great if this was a political drama. Um, but the fact that it's more like a crime drug drama, um, I, I get why they do it because they're trying to set up the long term plans for Tate. But it just seemed kind of out of place for this particular show um, and even this episode. Um, but like I said, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was good acting. Uh, Tate, it's so weird to see him where he can be from like this happy, giddy, like a, a, you know, a kid in the candy store to he'll quick to be on that nigga shit like where he'd be like kind of street um so this 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 good to show like a different you know the opposite side of him um and like i said he 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 looked excited he knows he has sweeney right where he wants him and if is behind him he knows that congressman sheet is basically his yep giving way to quote unquote influence Mm -hmm. um so we get a real quick scene with Braden and jenny sullivan where she pretty much tells him, like, look, if Trace testifies, he's it's just going to put him in more danger. Uh, someone's coming after him. So she offers him the avenue of let's get him off. Let's get Kane off the street now. That way, when he does testify, it doesn't fully come back on you and mm-hmm. they could be kind of safe. Um, but that, I mean, so, once again, it shows the foolishness of this, because, OK, you get Kane off the street. Kane got a whole family. Like that's that's good to say if this person is a one man serial killer or something like that, but getting him off the street doesn't stop the rest of the Tahadas. I know GTG is dead, um, but any other gang he's associated with from kind of carrying out his plans. Um, so it just shows the foolishness of, of what law enforcement will try to tell you um, in the in the get in the effort to get you to cooperate when they really can't deliver on that. Yeah, but you know that that's that's the law. Um, that those are prosecutors. They don't. As long as they get somebody, they gonna throw out whatever they can. They don't, you know, collateral damage doesn't really matter too much to them. Um, that's why the AUSAs in the previous series got so many people killed mm-hmm. because they were playing fast and loose with their offers, um, and people bit. Uh, so like I said, Braden is in a really tough spot. Um, so from there, I feel like I, I feel like did I skip something? Nah, not about my notes again. How I went as far as I went. Okay, so Black from there, Jenny wants to implicate Kane, and the okay. next was Yaz's new family. Yeah, this is this is our goodbye to Yaz, um, which I feel like it could have been a little bigger. It would have been nice if he could have at least said bye in person, mm-hmm. uh, which they did a really good job of, uh, kind of teasing that that he's gonna go say bye to her, or possibly just go up and be like, you know, I'm gonna get you out of here, like you know, this is my sister, you know, one last stand, but. He he takes one last look at his sister, which had to be tough. Um, it had to be really tough. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he did it. The question I'm trying to figure out was was he driving? No, they were in the back seat of a car. Oh, oh okay, I, car. I, okay, okay. Any thoughts on that before we move on? Um, no, I think Tariq finally, you know, for one, they, they can really keep a, a nine-year-old in the show because she doesn't really have a place in it. But I think this episode, especially, was happening when Lauren made Tariq realize that. If he's going to be committed to this lifestyle, it's no place for assist in it. All he's doing is opening her up to danger um, and everything. And, and of course, he wanted to keep her close because that's all the family he has left. His mama is gone. His daddy is dead. His sister is dead. His grandma drunk. Um, so he was ho- he was desperate to hold on to yeah so badly because it was the last piece of his old life. Um, but I think he had to realize that if I'm going to be committed to the lifestyle that, I'm cho- that I've chosen for myself, I have to let her go. And she's better off with this loving family. Um, who's giving her a nice birthday party that she would ever be trying to be the 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 
the um, under the guardianship of her brother who is committed to doing wrong, even though he doesn't have to. So you know, goodbye, yes. We I wish I could have sworn on Burberry one last time, but yeah, guess it wasn't meant to be. New I'm pretty sure. got as much money. Right, right, right. And I was like, we gotta, we gonna go ahead and put these up on eBay real quick. Um, that's how we pay for this house. <laughs> but yeah, um, goodbye, yes. Uh, I wish they could have done you done you more justice, but hey, it is what it is. Okay, so we get a real quick scene where Monet just walks up to Megan and is like, I need you to kill my husband. Like, mm-hmm. damn. Like, no, you, no, no setup. Just like, he came after us as if, you know, he wasn't there. Like, I, I want you to kill his ass. I'm like, damn. And it was actually this part where uh, Mecca says, offers to just hop on a plane and get up out of there. Right. Um, anything on that before we move on? No, I think this kind of just leads more credence to my theory that he was in. Uh, uh, involved with the hit because um, if he really thought it was Zoe I think he would have been with what we've seen with the the firepower he has and the men behind him I think Zoe would have been off this earth by now so um, the fact that he was hesitant to do it I, I think it's more reason to believe that he just tried to scare them so they would leave town with him indeed um, so from there we get a really a really nice conversation between Braden and Effie where although Effie is doing what you know textbook you're supposed to do and just be like look this is the life this is the life you chose um i like that Braden. his his pushback it's it all makes sense you know he's not just being you know a punk and soft about it like he's actually thinking about the mental and emotional ramifications of of all this um which is a part of it you never really see Whenever this is questioned in other movies and TV shows, they usually just call somebody soft and then, you know, shoot them or beat them up real quick. But I actually liked that this this conversation happened in the way it happened. Um, and it's like it they did it in a way that Brayden, like he he knew he knew what he was getting into to a degree. But like everyone, except for sociopaths and psychopaths. I think like he never saw himself like most people in this particular situation. Like when you get into this, like it's always a possibility in the back of your head, but you know, depending on how careful or in some cases, how reckless you are, um, the goal is to never find yourself in this position. So I like the fact that like he knows he's well aware and he's well aware of his participation in it. Um, but it's just like I, he's this is him verbally processing the tight space, the tight position that he's in, um, not necessarily trying to shift blame or anything like that, but just kind of just kind of venting like this is some wild shit. And Effie um, and we'll talk about her at the end more in more detail, um, just kind of trying to be strictly business about it, um, which up until the end. We, we kind of see her as being the, like, take no shit, like, it's always business first, mm-hmm. um, which always looks good on paper. But as we find out in the end, you know, of the episode, I like that they don't make these kids, like, just cold-hearted soldiers, like Kanans, like, the they're, they're emotionally intelligent kids. Um, what did you think about that that conversation? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like we kind of t- talked about it earlier. I think Braden 
thought this life would be different than it was. Uh, I think he still got it in for the thrill, and she just kind of made it clear, like you make you made a decision to to choose something. Uh, you know, where she from? It comes to you. You don't have to. You don't have to actually chase it. He actually chased it, and now he can't deal with all the uh, ramifications of it. So it was a really emotional scene. You did see a lot of. Uh, Thought on his face or where he was kind of debating it or trying to justify why do we have to go to these extremes in this lifestyle? Why can't we just sell drugs without the violence or why can't we just sell drugs without having hurt other people? Um, but, you know, every, you know, it's kind of pointing out to him clearly that's just not how it works. Uh, we can't always have it the way we want to. And if we choose a certain lifestyle, we got to choose everything that comes along with it. And, you know, I think we still saw more Braden not trying to decide if he's really truly committed to this or is it just something that he was just doing for fun um and we'll see you know how it plays out over the you know like i said as long as he's gonna be alive or as long as he's gonna be a part of the show we'll see how these decisions kind of weigh on him long term indeed indeed so we go back to the 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 hideout the penthouse where uh Mecca pretty much comes in and is like, all right, I'm about to be out of the country for a while, so you're in charge, which I was like, damn, he he just knew he was about to go ahead and get flewed out, but he was doing the fluing out. Um, and that gets ground to a halt when we find out that that bag is gone, which I thought was a little odd to a degree. Um, when they were going through the heist, um, where I was like, how did Drew know to take that bag? Of all the stuff that was there, like, how did he know to take that bag? Because uh, I don't even feel like he saw, like, any cash in it or anything like that. I think Kane um, told him to take it. They were trying to get the ring. They were I know they were trying to get the ring, but, like, he took the whole bag, which I thought was, like, that's... It, it felt odd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even know if we talked about this on last week's episode, um, but I definitely had the thought that, like, I think there's a tracker in that bag. Um, this, of course, is the case. Um, this, this is, of course, is the case. And Mecca's pissed. He wants his bag back and he want it now. Uh, so he locks Kane in the, in, in the penthouse. Um, and Kane, <laughs> this was funny to me because he does a very, very well executed and acted goodbye speech <laughs> over the phone. Mm-hmm. To which Monet completely no sells. <laughs> it's just like nigga, whatever. Look, has he shot you yet? No. All right, cool. Just tell me where you are. Send me a picture of this nigga. Like, completely no emotional payoff. I was like, he was doing some very well. He was doing some very good acting in this scene, and she completely negates it. Yeah. What did you I like think Mon- about I like Monet the type that uh, until you dead, you ain't dead. So we will try to figure out a way to get <laughs> right. out of this. And he was right. like basically giving this suicide note. Mama, I ain't going I ain't long over the world, you know, tell everybody I love her. And she's like, boy, shut up. Uh, you know, it's a reason. But she also was smart about it because if he want, you would be making this call. If he really wanted you dead, you you wouldn't be making no call to me right now. So it must be a reason why Mecca, uh, Mecca didn't kill you. Um, and I don't think at this point, clearly she didn't, clearly didn't know she was Dante. But when she was like, send me the picture of him, she may have had some type of understanding stuff. Well, who is this guy? Right. Uh, and then I guess once she knows it's him. Uh, I'm still not sure if the penthouse is locked down how she ended up in the penthouse later on uh, but you know it's TV magic um, yeah. but yeah, yeah it was real funny you are right um, Kane did have an emotional goodbye and his mom was like boy shut up uh, We, you know let's work this out uh, so right. you know, that just shows Monet's personality though but we, we also get a real quick in there that 
like, and this was, I don't know if this was just bad writing or what, or just showing just how much uh, Dante wanted Monet and Zeke, excuse me, um, when he confronts him about the bag, he's like, look, I know you stole my drugs and I let that shit slide. And I was like, wait a minute, nigga, you killed a bunch of people, including your number two. Like, what do you mean? What do he you let? He let he let Kane slide. He didn't let everybody slide. Well, he let everybody still, slide. He'd be too weak. Right. But like just the fact that he just casually tosses that, like, I know you stole my shit and I let that shit slide. I was just like, what? Like, but again, this is like you killed your number two. Like, all for a charade? Like, you, I feel like you could have, you know, there's smarter ways to handle that. Like, that was almost crazy movie villainish. Like, That's a little overkill for you to just be like, yeah, I know you did all that. I know you killed a bunch of my soldiers and stole my stash. But, you know, it's whatever. I was going to let that go because I really wanted your mom and your brother cousin that badly. I was like, mm-hmm. that, that doesn't, that's a little nonsensical to me. Um, but, anyway, shit is hitting the fan. Monet calms Kane down. Uh, Kane warns Tariq that there's a, the bag has a tracker in it and uh, he needs to get rid of it or get the hell out of there. Um, and we get Tariq going through the bag. He finds passports. He finds court documents. And um, in the process, he's like, OK, we got to cover all our bases. He was supposed to go get Lauren and help her run. Uh, she then proceeds to go well, excuse me. He then proceeds to tell her that um, Brayden's going to come pick you up. Uh, Brayden was already outside, ready to do whatever he was ready to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might we might as well kind of go into the next scene because it's all tied together. Um, while trying to stash the bag, uh, Tariq sends the, the court documents to McLean and uh, McLean finds out who Mecca is. Um and we find out that Mecca is an informant. What did you feel about that reveal? It this, it, this shit just started to get real confusing to me because I was yes, like, "What's okay. going on?" We're on the same page. Um, you know, if he's like they they they, they start talking about how he was an informant, um, and how and Sarik even like threatened him with like a lot of people know where you are. But Monet Googled him, and he was like on a, he had a Wikipedia page. So he ain't hiding too much. So it, I think they got too cute with this writing and tried to make the twist too big and end up just getting this whole into this confusing mess of a conversation that I could barely follow because I didn't know what the hell they was talking about or what exactly he had done. Um, so and then he started talking about his time in special operations and he talked about Lobos. Uh, yeah. so they, and then he talked about he knew Ghost, he knows Tommy. Uh, he knew everybody. Um, the one thing that came out of this was that I saw this uh, thing on the internet, um, and they said they think Mecca might be Ghost's brother because, and I, I don't recall this, but they said back in the book, book one or the original Power, Tommy asked Ghost about his brother, and Ghost referenced his brother was a snitch or something like that. But I don't remember it, so it might just be some crazy internet theory. Um, and I think he referred to him as like some Spanish motherfucker. So I don't know. You know, we we, we got to see what that's going. But I I was confused by the, the scene. What do you think of it? I was just confused. I was a little confused too. Um, also, we gotta we gotta we gotta call it like we see it. I was wrong. It was not two bit waiting for him. It was Mecca. Um, which I was just like, this campus has the worst security because everybody seems to be able to wait for Tariq in his room, mm-hmm. never outside. But like, dude, just. 
stay <laughs> popping up on Tariq in his room. Man, and we just um, saw that you need a key card to get into most places on Stanfield. Exactly. Like they went out of their way to steal, what's his name, Everett's key card because you couldn't just easily access buildings. But a lot of people, especially, man, maybe that's just the criminal them. But Kane is always in his room. 2-Bit found their way to his room. Uh, now Mecca's in his room. So, uh, you know, the security is not as tight as they wanted to be on Stanfield's campus. Yeah. Um, another thing they need to ditch, if this thing stays on campus um, next season, they need to quit doing this thing where someone threatens Tariq with a gun in, in the dorm. Because it's like, obviously, you're not going to shoot a student in the dorm like it's a wrap for you. Mm. So, like, just go ahead and leave the guns because it, it just, at this point, it's an empty threat because you know you're not, like, we know and Tariq knows, you know, I'm going to be a little scared, but, like, you're not going to kill me, not by gunshot, in this dorm room. Someone's going to hear it. It's done. It's a done deal for you. So if the writers happen to come across this, like, stop that. Um, so we get Mecca making demands and we get Tariq making demands of his own. He wants two million. Swinging for the fences. Mm-hmm. Uh, to which, again, crazy movie villain logic. You're like, all right, I'll do that. It's whatever. You just make sure you give me that bag. Um, and goes off with the, the villain monologue. Like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I know Lobos. I knew Lobos. And I set up Lobos, which mm-hmm. made me like, damn, do I need to go back and figure out like if that was like a, a plot point that they never really told on um, in the first series? Because that seemed kind of big. Like, I guess that's how Lobos ended up in jail. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we knew he got arrested, but I don't think they really showcased how he did. I thought, I know Ghost and Tommy and them killed him when he was in police custody, but uh, yeah, I don't remember how he initially got arrested. And so I guess apparently Dante was involved with him in business, and he snitched on him. Yeah, so he's the biggest informant of all time. And we get a loop closed because apparently, um, him snitching on Lobos is what got him freed, and he knew he was going to be running for for his life, but he got lucky. Because Ghost and Tommy killed him. So he yeah. t- he tells him, when you see your dad in hell, tell him I said good looking out. Yeah, that was, I was that like, was that was well, well delivered. Well delivered. Uh, anything on that before we move on to the, nah, the, the end the point? One. You can hit the next huh? one. You can go to the okay. next one. Yeah, it was just, like I said, it just confused me. So I got gotcha. you. So from here, we get the, the field trip. Braden taking uh, Lauren somewhere. And this was really well executed on three points on Braden uh, showing the conflict, the conflictedness, Lauren being genuinely scared, but also Braden doing what he felt was the right thing in the end and attempting quotation marks to let her go. Um, I don't think he I don't know. At first, I was like, why did he need to flash the gun? But I think he needed to flash the gun just to show her just how serious this shit was. Mm -hmm. Because there's a very good chance, because, you know, a lot of people don't take Brayden that serious, that if he'd have just been like, all right, you need to get out of here and go, there's a a chance that she'd have been like, whatever, nigga, and then just went right back to Tariq. So I think this was just, I think it was very well done of him just being like, this is real. You need to go. Um, so we find out that, you know, Brayden is not a cold hearted villain. Um, we immediately find out that Effie is a cold hearted villain. She don't care. She don't care. She has, 
She has pulled up behind Braid. I, man, my heart dropped. This was almost like this was close to to the end of Get Out when the police cars showed up. Um, but yeah, Effie pulls up, snatches up Lauren, and stares down Braden. And poor Lauren, I feel so bad for this girl. Like she, you know, she's in it hip deep now, or neck deep at this point. And I was just like, this this poor girl got the worst end of all of this. Like she was, and she the crazy thing was, she was prepared to run. She was prepared to leave her her family behind, um, and all that. But yeah, this was this was rough. This was rough for that girl. What did you think of that scene? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, was, it definitely shows Braden was very conflicted and. Um he did the right thing. He was willing to let her go and he just kind of gave her a stern warning like, hey, this shit is serious. You know, get out of here. Um, and I think Effie does the right thing, I guess, in her mind at least. Um, she knows that they are living, they, they live in a dangerous life. Um, any loose lips could sink the ship and like, the, like the old say, saying goes. So she is doing what she can do to protect not only herself but also Tariq and, and their business enterprise. Um, so, you know, you, you, it was, it was a tough scene, but you got to feel bad for Lauren. Uh, another note of advice, like I always say, people don't talk to police. If somebody is bold enough to pull a gun on you with no mask on, just either fight them or run away. Never just go, just don't listen to them. Don't like, just agree to go with them. Um, like now this is what, especially if you know them, now if it's one thing, if it's like a robbery and you end up in the middle of the street and somebody run up and say, give me all your, give me your wallet. Then just give them the wallet, comply with them. But if anybody that you know is trying to hold you at gunpoint or, or make you go somewhere you don't want to go at gunpoint, you need to either run away and let them shoot you in the back or you need to charge them and fight them because you're not going to make it out of it alive. They, yeah. If they so bold that they will pull the gun on you and threaten you with no mask, they ain't letting you free to talk about it. So poor Lauren, she had to learn the hard way. She should have never got involved with that uh, Tariq. She should have never got involved with anybody. She should have stayed with that white, the, her, her corny boyfriend that went to Georgetown and she would have never been caught up in this mess. So poor Lauren, uh, may she rest in peace if she's dead because they don't give us an on-screen death. Well, and if you ever watch TV shows, they always say if you don't see it happen, you don't know for a fact that it's happened. So maybe Effie also had a harder go and just drove her somewhere and let her free. But I don't know why you need to crock upside her head or take her away if Braden was going to let her go away anyway. So maybe we lost another one. So rest in peace, Lauren. Rest in peace, Carrie Milgram. All the pretty girls is getting killed. Um, actually, everybody on the show is very pretty. So uh, there's no ugly people in this show. But this is, this is very true. This is very true. Bye-bye, Lauren. Hope your parents don't mourn you too much. The uh, the, the name of this show, they'll, Bruchandria might say something in the next episode, and that might be it, the way this show be going. Um, But yeah, I... That poor girl. Oh, man, she got the worst of this. Um, so we go back to the penthouse where, like you said, uh, Monet has somehow made herself in into the penthouse, which super weird. I don't know how if Kane was locked in. Uh, maybe she Spider-Maned it and went upside the building. Who knows? Um, but this is where we, we kind of got to suspend our our disbelief for the sake of, I guess, time. Um she calmly expresses to to Mecca that, well, excuse me, Dante, that she knows he's Mecca. And um, she doesn't seem that upset about her, about him holding or well, lying to her son 
and using him in all this. Um, he, she obviously prepped him uh, before he got there. Um, and she somehow sells him that, yeah, we're, we're on your side. Let's kill Lorenzo. And this is where it kind of got a little, a little iffy for me. Cause I was like, this is, this is almost a little too convenient for me. Um, he's just on board and I, I'm hoping that he's, he's still playing things to the cuff, but like, you know, him buying that, that Kane is just like down for the cause. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, you kill my dad. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We, you know, we've had, and he even said it professionally. We've, you don't know me and his relationships. It, it's a bit deeper than that. It's like, dude, like, could y'all make it a little more believable? Um, anything on that before we go into this last scene? Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's just kind of really unbelievable that they will be so willing to turn their back on their father. Um, I mean, we're Kane's father and Monet, even though he kicked her out of the house, this is a man who she shared 20 plus years of marriage with. Um, so I don't think she would be so easy to just kind of throw him away. Um, but we don't know. We don't know what the ultimate thing is going to be. Well, she could be talking tough and they could be talking all this good stuff and they may realize that Mecca is really the person they need to get rid of. And it could be all part of some elaborate scheme um, to Which be on their own. I think it is. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think yeah. they want to be back with Lorenzo, but I also don't think they want to be with Mecca. I think mm. they still want to find a plot in life where Monet is the the leader and her kids kind of fall underneath her. And if so that means getting rid they, of their fathers, it's fine. So you think they're setting, setting up the twist where they somehow get them to kill each other? Mm-hmm. That's not a bad move. definitely put them at each other, nothing else. Yeah. And then, you know, whoever come out on top of that, then they get the drop on them. Yeah, that's, that is not a bad move at all. Uh, so from there, we go to our final scene where we find out that maybe there is a little bit of humanity left in in Effie mm-hmm. um, or this could just be her guilt. Like, obviously she's not the main character, so we're not going to get the in-depth uh, hallucinations that, that, you know, Tariq gets, but maybe she, that maybe this is her coming to having to deal with the fact that if she did in fact kill Lauren, she now has to live with this mm-hmm. as well as do everything she can to not tell Tariq. Um, yeah. I mean, she definitely was a very, you know, there was no words in the scene, of course, yeah. Uh, but you you could see the emotion and feel the emotion coming from her. Um, what we don't know as viewers is is she emotional because she killed Lauren and now she has to deal with the you know the fact that she not only killed somebody but she killed somebody who is, was close to the partner she wants, right? Um, which is you know double hard. Um, or are we is she emotional because she got a conscience and she let Lauren go? And Lauren just being out there could mean the downfall of them if Lauren does decide to pop back up and resurface. Because we know Lauren, whatever they gave her, if they did let her go free, she don't have enough to make it the rest of her life on her own. Right. At some point, she's going to have to come home. Um, and once she does, that could mean the end of them all. So this you know, this was a very good end of scene. It was also basically a Calvin Klein underwear commercial. Because <laughs> um, they, they strip down and they make it clear with, you know, with this... Um, the underwear she had on, she had this orange uh, Calvin Klein brown panty set. So it almost looked like a bathing suit. That's what I thought yeah, it yeah. was. I was like, hey, I mean, college student, you gotta do what you gotta do. Which, again, another one of those weird things. Does Effie have class? She, <laughs> yeah, because she's supposed to go to Yale, which exactly, is not in New York. Uh, <laughs> and, but she apparently she appears to either be on some type of break because every night she's sleeping in Tariq's bed, right. And once again, how does she get into the? How does she get into the dorm? Tariq is in bed sleep. How she get it? I know in college back in the day, uh, to go into um, 
to go into other people's dorms that you weren't a member of, you had to like fill out a guest book or some type of guest log or somebody to escort you in. Um, so, you know, I don't know if that is at every college, uh, but it, back in my day, that's what you had to do. Um, so this school just is really lapsed. They just let people come and go as they please, I guess. All right. So we're going to leave that with this, with a thought, a question of a thought that I've had. How do we feel about Effie? Um, we, we see that, you know, she did what she did. As far as we can tell, she did it for in Tariq's best interest. Mm -hmm. Um, I question that for two reasons. One, because when she's talking to Kane earlier, and this could have just been her protecting her her grounds when Kane's like, oh, I thought you, oh, so you Tariq's girl now. She was like, hold on, I know one's girl. So like her just kind of in keeping I herself. She just said, I'm like, hey, I thought she was just saying that because he called her a girl. She was like, no, I'm a woman. So I, I don't know if it meant that she just wasn't, that she was denied being romantically involved with him. I just think she felt like calling him a girl was like belittling her. On I feel like it was a little bit of both. Okay. Like, I feel like she was still kind of like, I don't belong to no one. Mm -hmm. Um. So that's one. And two, we have to it, we have to remember she's the first person to burn Tariq mm -hmm. back in the flagship show. Yeah. Um so like if this if this whole thing ends up being a work and she's just like, you know, she's playing off the fact that like he still has a sweet spot for her, uh, despite the fact that even though he said like in the first season, like, you know, this kind of makes it like this kind of makes up for it, but we're not even. Mm -hmm. um, has he forgotten that, like, yeah, she's the one that to it. Well, I mean, this is your fault for selling pills to begin with. But like, she's the one that really burned him, burned him. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen her out for herself since we yeah. were introduced, her, introduced to her as a character. So I won't put anything past her in the long run. Uh, over the last couple of episodes, we have seen her get closer to Tariq and it seems that her feelings for him may be genuine um, because of the, you know, the sweet interactions, the support she's been giving him, this undying support that she doesn't really need to showcase. Um, but, you know, so, but all this could be a ruse, you know, it could be that she's just kind of getting close to him doing what, doing the old Monet thing. You use your feminine wiles to get close to the man, but when it's time for you to go out for yourself, you always have some type of backup plan to make sure that you aren't getting burned by the dude. Right. So we'll, you know, all we can do is wait and see what's gonna happen. It's the final episode next week. What you think, man? Any predictions? Any thoughts? What do you expect in getting into the season finale? Well, they promised us a crazy death, and uh, right now my money's on Braden. Mm. Um, because I, like I said, it just feels. I just feel, you know, especially with him walking into the courtroom. I think he possibly burns uh Kane, or it's just enough for uh one of them one of the tahadas to be like drew take him down um or he sacrifices himself because we get we get the in the preview we get the scene of drew pointing a gun at someone laying on the ground and i think from the brief flash i think it's i think it's brayden unless it's some random other character um i think it's brayden um as far as anything else um I have I like it's really hard to say like I think we're gonna I, it looks like we might have a fallout between Effie and Tariq maybe he finds out what she did um what did what do you think what do you got um like I said I, I you know they always trying to give us something to kind of leave us hanging and waiting for the third season uh, so I think they are gonna give us a big death I think it's gonna be either be Lorenzo or Mecca though 
I think one of them is going to is going to be the ultimate showdown, and one of them is going to either take this the other one out or be involved with taking the other one out. Um, and then we'll get some type of twist that whoever's the last man standing that Monet has really got the upper hand, and she's going to take that one out. So we may see both of them die. That's my prediction. I think mo both Mecca and Zoe leave this world um, together in the in the season finale. Okay. Well, you got anything else before you head out of here? Before we head out of here? Nah, man. I mean, like I said, this has been a good second season. I think the first season had a lot of rough patches because of the first season, but I think they really hit a nice stride in this season. Yeah. Um, there haven't been a lot of wasted episodes. Uh, for the most part, they've kept it exciting and entertaining, which I know can be hard to do. Um, I'm just hoping that they can bring it strong in this finale and they don't let's leave so. us with a bad taste in our mouth um, going into season three. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, one of the things that I think like this episode was kind of the, the slow burn episode. Um, I still feel like they, their pacing compares to the last episodes was, it almost feels like you're like, let's say I'm on the highway and we're doing 80 and for no reason at all, I, I hit my gas, I, I hit the gas pedal just enough to stop me. And then I, I'm at like 45 for no real reason. Like, it feels like, you know, give me, give me 75 to 60. You know what I mean? Like, keep it moving. But like, it, it felt like it dragged a tiny bit, but I still think it was a good setup. Um, there's a chess motif in every, you know, in the, in the opening credits, you know, the opening theme song. So I think they've got their pieces in play. Um, so I don't think it's end game, but I think we're about to knock up, uh, quite a few big major pieces off the board. Um, I'm still sticking with Brayden. You got, uh, uh, you got, you got both the bald headed guys. Mm -hmm. Um, definitely one of them, <laughs> at least one. I got you. So, um, yeah, you guys know where to find us. You know, you know how to hit us up, share, comment, subscribe, ask questions, get in up, get in on this. So, for Yaz and myself, Triple D, and my co-host, Carlos D, we're going to see y'all next time.